You're listening to the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs who have sold their companies and the advisors that help them. We elicit expert advice from exit planners, attorneys, merger and acquisition experts, accountants, business appraisers, and financial advisors, all with a goal of educating you about the sales process. Make sure to visit us on the web at divestopedia.com to see more of our resources for entrepreneurs who want to sell their business for the best price and terms. Whether you are thinking of selling, have started a sales process, or are post-deal, we aim to arm you with the knowledge required to maximize value and limit your downside risk. And now, here's your host, Noah Rosenfarb, a CPA and personal CFO to business owners planning their transition. Hi, this is Noah Rosenfarb, and today I'm real excited to have with us Peter Christman, the original exit planning coach. Peter's the co-founder of the Exit Planning Institute and the co-author of the $10 trillion opportunity. He's one of the country's best experts in exit planning. Thanks so much for joining us today. That's my pleasure. So let's jump right into it, Pete. Tony, based on your experience, what three things can any owner start doing right now to prepare for an exit? Well, I don't know if it's uh, no. I don't know if you can limit it to three things, but uh, I, I, let me tell you what, what we talk when we talk to people. We say, first of all, you got to sit down and have a conversation with yourself on just where you want to go from this point on in your life. Okay. The next step is to find somebody, uh, a coach. Uh, who has is experienced in exit planning? Who's experienced in working with business owners and taking them through the process of exit planning? And when that uh, when that person comes along, uh, the next step for a business owner in working with that uh, coach would be to develop their team, their what I call their base team. Base team would uh, consist of uh, their lawyer, business owner's lawyer, uh, the CPA, and financial planner. And then other experts will come in and out of that base team as they're needed and as their um, uh, time in the process is necessary and, and needed. Okay, and then the last step there before you go into a, a, a exit planning process, which is a step-by-step process, is a, um, a sit down with the um, exit planning coach and really uh, talk about, discuss, and put into writing, black and white the owner's goals and objectives of what they want to achieve specifically from uh, their life, from their business, and uh, personally from a financial point of view. That's great. Um, and any, any, anything else that you could think of besides, I know you added uh, an extra one to the three things, but maybe there's another hot spot that you would... Uh, yeah, but I, I would like to backtrack and, and just say that in the exit planning process, there are three main goals or targets. And I, I liken 
when I describe the exit planning process, I, if people can visualize a three-legged stool with a round seat, you, you're familiar with that, I assume, right? And you, if you can visualize that the seat, the round seat on top, is a, complete, a, a completed, successful exit plan, then the three legs of the stool, the first leg consists of a personal plan on how that business owner is going to spend the back nine of their life. It's a personal plan. The second leg of the stool is a personal plan on their organization from a tax, estate, and financial point of view. And then the third leg of the stool is a plan to maximize the value of the business. And if any of those three legs are not fully developed, the stool will not be functional. And if uh, that stool is not functional, if, if, if none of those legs are developed very much, it will be non-existent. It won't have any function whatsoever. So that's kind of the analogy I try to give people in thinking about exit planning. So one of the things you mentioned there is on the personal planning for tax and estate issues. What would you say are the three pre-sale opportunities that, that you advise clients to pursue most often? Well, it, you you like using that word three, and uh, sometimes it's hard to limit to just three. But what we, when we're working with um, business owner, what we do is we make sure that they have competent, sophisticated tax and estate planning advisors. This is where the team comes together and works together. And taking that owner's goals and objectives, break down the techniques that can be used in tax and estate planning from a gifting point of view, from setting up trust, uh, and, and so that tax, uh, uh, the three people that we have found uh, that are active in this role besides the exit planner is the uh, tax expert, the estate planning expert, and a lot of times uh, the insurance expert because a lot can be done with uh, insurance. But the main thing is to get all of this stuff done before an exit is uh, implemented instead of after. So when you're talking about exit strategies with owners and it's time to talk about how to bring in their executive team and inform them about the process, what are the common mistakes people make? Well, the common mistakes uh, they make with their, with their management team is that they don't talk about it. Um, you know, it's almost like a lot of families when they grew, grew up together, uh, they don't talk about, they didn't talk about money and talk about feelings. And, talk, and, and, you know, a lot of times a business owner will treat his management team the same way. Now, the management team, they're not dummies. They know it's a privately held company. They know that the risk for them is what happens if something happens to that owner. 
that owner is human, and there's no guarantee they're going to be around tomorrow, next month, the next year, what have you. So I have found that when owners sit down and talk common sense with their management team and and tell the management team, uh, first of all, qualify the management team as to uh, whether they want to be part of that exit and how they want to be part of it, and have a frank conversation with the team as a whole. That's been the most productive uh uh, course of action that I've seen. And how about in terms of timing, if the owner hasn't discussed it, or maybe they didn't have an exit plan, but they were approached by a competitor, any advice that you could give to them about bringing this to their CFO, their COO, their company president? How should they go about broaching the subject? Well, I, you know, being approached by a competitor is not the way to go. You should start planning way before that happens. And if you're approached by a competitor, you just got to put that competitor on hold till you get your ducks in a row. You know, I came from the investment banking field, and we have an old saying that one buyer is no buyer if 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 sale is their form of exit. You know, for their liquidity event, there's a lot of work that has to be done before uh, further conversation can be had with that competitor so you know you just put that competitor on hold you might have to put them on hold for six months to a year because the 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 planning uh, has to take place beforehand otherwise it the the sale won't be completed it won't be completed properly and, and let me throw out some statistics for you that are backed up by price waterhouse and mass mass mutual that back up what i'm saying noah 75% of business owners who sell their businesses are unhappy after they sell. And the reason for that is inadequate planning. They did not plan properly for that exit. Another statistic is that 80% of the business owners out there that put their company up for sale never sell. And the two biggest reasons is poor planning, and the second biggest reason is expectation level. So uh, these are mistakes. You just don't – having the liquidity event, making your exit from your company is not something you rush into. And in a lot of cases, it, it may take three to five years to, of, of planning to, to uh, finally pull the trigger. So maybe if, if – we have an owner who's gone through the exit planning process. Maybe you can give me an example of a story of how they approached their executive team, how, how did, was the conversation structured, and, and how did, were you able to bring them into the fold by you know, talking common sense to them, as you put it. Yep. What uh, head uh, trucking company uh business owner uh, sat down with a preliminary basis with the management team, and part of the management team was his family. His sons were involved. And uh, he, uh, he uh, expressed his desire that he wanted to get out of the business within a certain uh, timetable. I think it was about five years. And uh, he asked them if they had any desire to uh, 
to purchase a company uh, and, uh, and laid out his ideas and so forth and then gave them time to digest what he was talking about and so forth. And then they came back to him and said, no, no, they don't have the desire to, uh, to buy the business, but they would have the desire to continue on and uh, work with, uh, with the new owners. We'd be more than happy to do that. And uh, so they were always kept apprised of, of what was happening during the, the, the process. And when buyers would be brought in for buyer visits and so forth, uh, the management team knew what was going on. There was nothing, everything was transparent. And uh, there was nothing hidden from the management team. And they felt very comfortable with that. Uh, in fact, the, the uh, CFO, who is probably in, in any transaction, the CFO is probably the most vulnerable member of the management team, okay, especially if it's somebody in the industry. And the CFO was given a, a, a bonus because it was brought right up front with him, and, and he was smart enough to realize that he may not be around with the new with the new buyer, and that was the case. And he was given a a very handsome uh, sum bonus uh, from the uh, seller or from the owner. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, and how about if we turn to the internal and external stakeholders in a company, so going beyond the management team and talking about an exit process, either with key customers, with your employee base, what would you say are some of the best practices there? Well, I don't think, uh, uh, first of all, you, you handle the stakeholders the same way you would handle uh, talking uh, about an exit strategy with the executives and, and family, okay? Uh, again, you've got to lay out on the table the reasons why you want to, to sell, and you've got to make sure that all stakeholders are in sync as to um, uh, potential outcomes, and you've got to uh, get uh, collaboration and agreement that they're uh, acting as one uh, in this process. And you've got to get that out on the table beforehand because Noah, everything I'm talking about and why I'm emphasizing from my 30-some years and experience in investment banking, why it's so important to get this stuff out on the table for a transaction and while you're in the planning stage because once a once you start that process decisions are very hard to make when you're under the pressure of a letter of intent or you're going through due diligence or you're going through uh, documentation you have, that's why you can make better decisions when you're not there yet Is that clear so me yeah, definitely. So maybe you could um, speak to the numbers and the statistics, and why do you think, you know, you're, you're the original exit planning coach, and there's people behind you that have kind of uh, beating the same drum. Why isn't it more widely accepted and more widely practiced? It's <laughs> a good question. 
I think the reason uh, for it is that the business owners' advisors have not been trained in exit planning. Uh, you know, it's really kind of a a new discipline. It's only been around for uh, the last uh, 12 to 13 uh, years, and it's still being uh, developed. Uh, as you know, we train and certify business owners in exit planning. But I think the biggest problem is the education of business advisors in help in 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 having them help business owners through the exit planning process and part of that uh, is educating a business owner on what should be done and so forth and so a lot of business advisors are very insecure in uh, in handling this and like you know you're you're uh, CPA and accountant, I'm afraid to say that your profession, uh, you know, a lot of times they don't like to lose clients. So they're not very proactive in helping a business owner on their exit plan, and they should be because the business owner is going to do it one way or the other. So I think the biggest reason is the education and experience of business advisors. To answer your question. And I'm, I'm glad you're doing the work to educate the advisors, and hopefully what we're doing at Exit Strategy Simplified and trying to educate owners will coincide with that so we can have a better level of success so we don't get 75% of owners disappointed with their strategy or 80% of owners that don't even get to sell. Well, let me, let me just, well, we're, before we leave this particular thing, let me just throw out a couple more stats for you to, to show you why this is a, a problem. As you know, the baby boomers are uh, uh, the age wave and the baby boomers coming out. That's one out of two companies in the next 10 to 15 years are going to change ownership. So there's going to be a lot of activity in the marketplace because of these owners wanting to cash in their chips, you know, retire, you know, uh, exit their business. But only 70, 75% of the business owners out there don't have an exit plan, according to Mass Mutual stats. 75 don't have an exit plan, and I think that number is higher than that. And th- there's even a, a bigger number that don't have an exit plan in writing. Now, this is just terrible because of what I said earlier. Business owners are, are human, and there's no guarantee you're going to be around tomorrow and so forth. But it's also terrible that if something did happen to them, where's their exit plan? Where's the blueprint of what they thought the the goal of the company or what their thoughts were for the future of the company? What's the what about their future and so forth? How do they want things done and so forth? It's not in their will. It's in their exit plan. Exit plan should be part of every company's uh, uh, exit. I mean. Uh, business plan as well as uh, strategic plan of a yeah, privately held totally, company. Totally agree. I'm sorry, so I, go, I get on a soapbox on talking about this, so <laughs> forgive me if I, uh, if I go too long in answering some of your questions. Not at all, not a problem. I'm glad to have the information. So maybe from 
your experience, you could share some of the ways people prepare emotionally and also financially, and you could answer them separately from, from being an earner, from someone that's you know, accumulating wealth to spending mo their money or, or what we call wealth utilization. Yeah, I think that the uh, the exit planner is a great facilitator in in helping the business owner discuss this process uh, from uh, a psychological point of view, an emotional point of view, and also there are good estate planners that educate. All this thing that we're talking about is educating business owners so they are prepared emotionally and prepared to understand the value of money and what it means to, what that liquidity event means to them personally and then their family and their family's family because, you know, we're talking about some significant uh, situations. And, uh, you know, a proper planning and education will help them through this whole thing. And it's not like uh, how many times you hear stories about uh, people who win the lotto in their states and so forth, and they're broke within two or three years after winning millions of dollars. They didn't plan for this. Their advisors did not help them understand what their new, uh, what how life would be the day after the liquidity event, and what to look out for, what to be prepared for, etc. So what advice do you have for someone who's contemplating exiting their business and they're, they're trying to weigh that financial security piece of it? You know, the how much money do I need? What's the best way for them to come up with an answer? The uh, best way and part of the whole process is to have their financial advisor, well, one, to have a competent financial advisor, but then have their financial advisor, again, while you're in that planning stage, come up with a financial plan for that owner. And that's part of the estate and, and tax planning we talked about earlier. That's where you get everything out on the table of what you want to achieve. It could include, you know, charitable, trust how they want things passed down to do they want how, how they want the trust set up how they want their kids to get the money how they want the grandchildren to get the money get all of that out uh, on a table because you can do so many things before the liquidity event that you can't do after the liquidity event yeah and switching topics a little and talking about maintaining family home and I know that's a concern for a lot of owners especially when they have family members in their business, what would you say are the, the most common things or most important things that families can do to maintain that sense of harmony amongst their children and grandchildren and parents? Well, the first thing is quit treating the, treating the, uh, the kids in the business as kids. Forget about the fact that they're now – uh, you've got to realize that they're now in their 30s, 40s, or what have you, and they're not in their uh, teens or preteen and growing up. It's very hard sometimes to separate that for business, for business owners. So what I'm saying, first thing I do is treat them like a, 
mature person. And a lot of these families, when they were growing up together, they, as I said earlier, they d- didn't talk about money. They didn't talk about uh, emotions. They didn't cry together. They didn't laugh together, you know, and so forth and so on. And you've just got to start treating the kids and your management team in a mature manner and and forget about trying to control everything because it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And find out what their feelings are about things. And, and uh, uh, collectively, then one and one will equal three, and you'll come up with the right plan. Do you have a story to share of a successful CEO that was able, you know, post-transaction to maybe do something surprising with his or her family that, uh, you know, you, you, you're in, in, you know, it would be important to share? Yeah, well, the, the, uh, the, um, the most, uh, the best one I've seen is the one I told you about earlier about that uh, uh, trucking company because he, he was just so mature and handled his kids so maturely. And, and uh, it, that, and you know what? That particular event happened some time ago, and they're still employed with the new buyer, and the uh, seller was employed for a long time with with, with the buyer, and it, because of it was handled in a mature manner with uh, a professional team uh, educating and helping the the owner, it, 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 everything's turned out. Well, on, on on both sides, that's the best uh, example I can give you. I can give you some examples that it didn't turn out so well, but uh, that's the best one I have right now. Maybe tell me about one where it didn't turn out so well, and you know, perhaps if they had either met someone like you sooner or made some tough decisions earlier on, they could have had a different outcome. Okay, one one family. Uh, that I know of, um, the owner was uh, 61 years old. He had three businesses that had a 150 million in sales, cumulative, you know, with, with the three companies. Uh, he was on his second family, second set of kids, everything else like that. He died at the age of 61 with no exit plan. No estate plan. So you know who is making all the money now? Uncle Sam and, of course, the attorneys and the accountants. Yeah. Now, that's a shame. And it, it, it it's just wrecked uh, the two families, uh, you, you know, involved. I know of another uh, situation where the patriarch of the, of the family had uh, uh, four of his uh, children working for him at one time. And because he was a control freak and he handled it poorly, uh, none of the, he's well up in his years, doesn't have an exit plan, doesn't have, uh, uh, he does have an estate plan, but all four children and they're very competent people are long gone from the company and it's a it's it's a very dysfunctional family 
And all, all of that happened because they didn't use a planner and they didn't approach it in a very mature way. Well, that's good advice to treat kids as adults when it's appropriate, you know, when yeah. they're old enough and they act. Well, yeah, they've grown out of being – it's hard to do, believe me. I've got two uh, two sons uh, myself that I raised from the fourth and sixth grade on, and I still call them the boys and so forth. But its I know it's hard for parents to do, but you got to do it. It's so the real when, world. It's the real world. When you don't have family involved in the business, when would you recommend an owner have a discussion with the family about their exit plan? I, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. When, I, I think we covered if that, you, but if you, if you, if the uh, if the family's not involved in the business, yeah. So now you've got you know children, grandchildren, and and dad, grandpa, and grandmother ready to sell their substantial company, and you know the kids have all known that it exists, and at some point, mom or dad was going to want to get out of the business. When do you advise those owners to talk about it with their family? Before an event, after an event. Oh, oh no! It's got to be always before the event. Always before the event. Whether you're talking about family or a management team or what have you. Because I'll go back to what I said earlier. You know, people are not dumb. They know that the company is a privately held company. It's not a public company. There's no succession. Uh, unless there's a succession plan in, in place, if, if it's going to be intergenerational, or unless there's an exit plan in place if something happens to that the business owner. So all of this stuff has to take place before a liquidity event and has to be done in a planning stage because that's when the best decisions uh, are, are made. And so do you recommend that owners bring their children into the same meetings with their employees or different meetings? No, 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 no. These are separate meetings. Employees and, and family are separate meetings because there's separate issues involved. And, and how do you uh, advise owners to do that? Family gatherings that are off-site? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the company conference room? But maybe you could describe a little bit to owners who may be thinking about how to how am I going to tell my kids? Give them some tools or tricks or advice for what they should be thinking and who they should be talking to. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the, you know, they could have a little family retreat, uh, pick a spot and and uh, get the, the whole family. And I, I quite honestly would include, uh, I've seen the best results when you, you've got to include the sons and the daughter-in-laws and the son-in-laws uh, you got to include the whole family because um, the in-laws are just as strong and just as much of an influence as the, uh, you know, the, the direct uh, relatives. And uh, so, I've seen it done with with a retreat. I've seen it done with a uh, dinner meetings at at a uh, restaurant in a, in a private room. And uh, and also I've seen it done where the owner uh, conducts the meeting himself, and I've also seen it when they've used a uh, facilitator, uh, uh, exit planner, and I've seen it with a family planner 
when they've used a facilitator to help them uh, conduct a meeting. Because, you know, they're only going to go through this process once, and they, they're experienced at running their own business, but they're not experienced at some of these issues. And so you, you recommend having a facilitator there? I really think in most cases, in most cases, I think having a facilitator there really helps the business owner in talking to the management team and also in talking uh, to the family. Correct. So a lot of the families that I speak with, they have some concerns that this influx of liquidity can become a negative thing for their family. So what advice do you have for families that may, might share this concern? That have a concern about what? I'm sorry. That no. the, the influx of liquidity, that the newfound money that's now freely available could have a negative impact on the family itself and the family structure? Well, one, educate the family as to what's the process going to be and why the process is in place. Okay? Second, uh, use professionals. Use your team of estate planners and uh, tax planners to develop tools that will benefit and maximize the value that the owner is going to get, the value that the kids are going to get, and the value that the grandchildren are going to get. If the, if the family is, um, wants to donate some money to a charity, that should be explained to the to family as to why they're donating some of it to charity and not why they're not giving it all to the family, and just why we're doing what we're doing. Now, not everyone will agree all the time, but at least if you if you sat down with them and, again, educate them and maturely approach this thing, uh, you've done everything you can do. And, and, you know, I think the statistics have kind of borne out that most people don't educate their family on what's going to happen. Uh, they may use a team of experts, but it's behind closed doors. And they certainly don't set expectations for their children or grandchildren. So what, what's your take on some of that and why that exists and how we overcome the hurdle? Well, my take on it is, is that's, the way they've all, all, that's the way they've always operated with their family. So why change? They haven't been transparent in the past, so how, how can they be transparent in, in the future or in the present? That's why you need uh, experts, you need facilitators to help them and to explain uh, what should be going on and the best way to, to facilitate it. So, I, I, again, I go, but uh, you're going to hear me say this over and over. One is education. Two, be transparent, and you never get caught in any um, lies if you do those two things. Be tra and, and, of course, third thing is make sure you're using uh, experts uh, in their particular field. So maybe you could do some more storytelling for us, because I think it's a great way to share experience. and. Talk about maybe some families that you've worked with and 
some of the challenges that they faced and maybe give some examples of the people who made the tough decisions and, and acted on, on them and had the success, like you talked about that heavy equipment company or maybe some other families that, you know, you gave them the advice and they didn't quite take it and there were consequences later, but, you know, the, the, the hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, maybe you could advise another owner to take, take the advice um, so that they don't reach the same destiny. Well, I've had, in my experience, I've had families that we've sat down and we've gone through the process and uh, we uh, went through, you know, the steps of the exit and so forth. We went through valuations and so forth. And uh, when we we went through the process of uh, exiting, and in most cases it was selling, they got too greedy. And uh, their expectation levels were greater than the valuation levels, and uh, they didn't believe that at first till the marketplace told them that. And they still didn't believe it. And they, uh, they turned down uh, uh, offers that were significantly uh, higher than, than uh, uh, what valuations were, were giving us and so forth. And they neglected the input of the kids and so forth. And I know in about three or four instances where the, the uh, companies went out of business and families went bankrupt. I know of one situation where uh, the owner became so depressed that he took his own life. And um, that's what can happen with, uh, uh, you know, not listening to people and uh, being too greedy. And greed, as the old saying goes, greed can be a terrible thing. And, uh, you know, what I found works the best is is being uh, mature and, and really letting go of that control of, of, of family, you know. And also letting go of that control of, of the uh, management team. And and listen to them and bring them into the to to the fold. Uh, it, it just, uh, I mean, the, the stories, those stories about that I just told you about uh, of of the companies that went belly up because they got, it, it's a shame. It, it's a shame of what happens. Uh, they don't enjoy the money. They don't enjoy the fruits of their labor. And uh, you know, Noah, uh, there is a stat that uh, I think about seven. I'm, I'm not might not be, uh, but yeah, I'm in the ballpark on the stat. But about seventy percent of the business owners out there, and I think that's low, have anywhere from seventy eighty percent of their net worth into their company. And you know, as a, as an advisor, that's just not. That's not a good uh, investment plan to have that much concentration in one place. So that's another reason why it's important to plan for your exit. And how about some success stories? Maybe you could share some other ones besides the one that you did and people that made 
either difficult decisions or had the courage and wisdom to act in advance and, you know, maybe you could share some of those as well. Sure. I, I've had, uh, there, really there's so many to choose from, I, I'm, I'm thinking, but I've had uh, uh, owners of uh, plastics uh, uh, manufacturing uh, companies, of uh, owners of uh, distribution companies that that went through processes of you know transparency in in uh, sat down with their family. Uh, you know, I, I could go on, but they did follow the steps that I'm talking about in dealing with the management team and dealing with the family in, in things had successful, uh, conclusions. Uh, boy, there's, there's so many to, to choose from. It's hard to pick one specific one and, and, and run with it, you know? Well, one of the things that I think is common amongst successful families is, is the planning, right? And that's why you and I are both doing what we're doing. Um, but, but part of that is taking the time. So maybe you could talk a little bit about your experience with time. How much time should owners plan to invest in the exit process, both in you know, number of years and also kind of hours per week, hours per month, hours per year? Well, I think that is a guideline. I think that it doesn't take much time if they – commit to it. Uh, I always try to tell business owners that, especially if they're a golfer, you know, mm-hmm. I go through analogy, let's see, how long does it take you to get to the course, what's your travel time back and forth, and how much time you spend on the 19th hole and so forth. So you come up with a number, it might be six hours, seven hours, or something like that. So I always tell them, say, okay, what if you just took one round of golf a month? and gave that to planning your future, your family's future, and the rest of your life. Just one round of golf a month. After a year or after a year and a half or something like that, you're going to be, you, you will have uh, an exit plan that you'll be proud of and that will accomplish your goals and objectives. Now, again, it depends on the size of the company, depends on the families and so forth. But that's what I try to get a commitment for around the golf a month. The second thing is that I think realistically, business owners should look at least three to five years before their exit to get all of this planning in. And, uh, and you know, the, the uh, younger business people out there today, they're not the problem. Younger uh, business people that we see in their 30s and early 40s and so forth, they don't buy or start a business with the idea of hanging on to it forever. They they go into it with an exit in mind. And uh, uh, because they have, there are two different paradigms out there. As I said, they're not falling in love. The, the companies aren't becoming their mistresses and so forth and so on. So they really have their act together, and uh, a lot of them know who they're going to exit to after they start the company. So that's, that's my, my uh, time frames that I give people. Yeah, one of the things that I've uh, read, one of the statistics, and she seems like there is, 
it takes uh, about 1,500 hours in the year of a sale for the CEO to complete the transaction. And that was done by uh, Vistage in 2008. And I thought, wow, you know, I think if, if, like you said, if you invest, you know, 60 or 70 hours a year for three or four years, you could probably cut that number down to, you know. Oh, yeah. Now, I'll tell you one thing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe that. Are you talking about CEO time, the owner's time? Yeah. I don't. I, I I would really challenge those numbers. Cause I tell you what, I know from uh, in, in investment banking, it, it's um, it, it takes the investment banker uh, on the average maybe fifteen hundred hours, and the the business owner is not not involved in maybe a. Uh, Oh, 30, 40% of the time. So I would really challenge those numbers. But yeah. but you're you're right. It is time-consuming, whatever that number is. Yeah. And and planning ahead of time will cut down on, on, on that tremendously. So what else do you have to add to our listeners? What else should they be thinking about when trying to come up with their exit strategy? The only thing I can say is do it. Don't procrastinate. Do it. Get that competent uh, advisor, and and don't procrastinate on it because a lot of people have an attitude. It's not when I die; it's if I die. And you know, we're all we're not going to be around. In in it's what I mentioned earlier. Your blueprint on how you see the future for yourself, for your company. And your personal life is in an exit plan. And if something happens to you, that blueprint is down there for your successors to work with. And it's not in your will. It's not any place else. So because you're human, a business owner, because a business owner is human, they should start the exit planning process now. Even if you want to don't get out for 10 years, you don't have to, or 15 years. But they should have a plan in place because of the risk of being human. So how about uh, wrapping it up here, and maybe you could share with our listeners how they get in touch with you. If sure. They wanted some of your help. Uh, it's uh, Peter Chrisman. Uh, you know, it's, it's spelled like Christ Man, and uh, my uh, number, my phone number. I have two different companies. Uh, the Exit Planning Institute and the Christman Group, but I can be reached uh, at 847-303-6554 at one number, my main number, and then also my um, uh, uh, email address is Peter Christman, one word, at Christman Group, one word, dot com. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, talking about this subject because it's my favorite subject. Terrific. Well, thanks for being with us today, and thanks to our listeners. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast. Make sure to visit us on the web at divestopedia.com to see more of our resources for entrepreneurs who want to sell their business for the best price and terms. Whether you are thinking of selling, have started the sales process, or are post-deal, 
We aim to arm you with the knowledge required to maximize value and limit your downside risk. If you have any questions about today's podcast, you can contact your host, Noah Rosenfarb, a CPA and personal CFO to business owners planning their transition at 855-540-0400. Please be sure to rate us on iTunes and give us your feedback. Until next time, this is the Divestopedia Exit Strategy Podcast.